Hi, we're Jack, Grace, Eden and Emily. And we've got questions. We've found some incredible people to talk to to help us and our parents understand more about us and the world we're growing up in. From tech to hormones, kindness to bullying, we ask it all. And this is Small Talking Kids. Hi everyone, it's Emily here. This is our last episode in Series 1 and I hope you've enjoyed what we've covered so far. We will be working on Series 2 of Small Talking Kids soon, so please get in touch if you have any suggestions for topics you would like covered. If you've listened to our other episodes, you would have noticed we finish every interview with a question. If you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? So, we thought we would base this final interview on kindness, as this is kind of what we're all about. It's kind of what we should all be about, really. Take a listen. Hi, Rochelle. I'm Emily. So today we're all really excited to be chatting with you. And today's topic is how can we make a difference, which is why we wanted to interview you. Tell us about yourself and your journey. Yeah, look, I um, am 48 years old, which probably is a lot of numbers to you guys. But I am a mother of uh, two daughters who are um, 22 and 20, and I absolutely always just wanted to be a mum. But I also really wanted my kids to be lots of things, but I wanted them to be kind first and foremost. So um, I've all, I grow up, have grown up in the same area I still live in. I have the best friends that I have had since I was five years old. Um, I think I am a great friend which I hope I've taught my, my daughters to be as well. And, um, yeah, now I have this amazing charity called Share the Dignity, which I started four years ago. Hi, Rochelle. Jack. So what made you want to make a difference? Um, I think I just think that the standard that you walk past is the standard that you accept. So if I was going to read that women were without homes and that they were without the basic of essentials, and think that that was okay and not do anything about it, then I was prepared to say that that was okay. And I just, I couldn't believe that um, that, that article that I first um, read was written by a journalist, but there have been other articles written on the same issue, and I just can't believe that nobody had done anything about it. And I just didn't want my daughters reading about it in five or ten years' time and thinking, oh, why is that a problem here in Australia? Yeah, and so I did explain to the children briefly before we did the interview what you do. So, Rochelle, you want me to explain it? Yeah, that might be good just to explain okay. it as well, yeah. All right, so I um, was minding my own business and sitting on my veranda and read an article written by um, Mia Friedman of Mamma Mia that talked about how many homeless women there were in Australia, and at that stage there were 48,000 women who didn't have somewhere safe to call home, but they also... Um, like everybody else, got their period while they were experiencing homelessness. But instead of um, having access to sanitary items, they were having to use socks and newspaper um, and wanted up toilet paper to do with their period. And I just couldn't believe that that was happening in Australia, in a, in a lucky country. Um, and that's really how it started. I started collecting amongst my local community and we collected 450 packets of pads and tampons to give out to five different charities. Um, but it wasn't like we were giving a woman a warm jacket that would keep her warm for years or giving her a new pair of shoes. It was a monthly problem, and the problem is so much greater than I ever imagined. But it was really, my role in this was like, that's not okay. How do I get all of Australia 
to believe in that it wasn't okay and how do we fix that? So we do collections twice a year. So collection boxes go out in places all over Australia and people can just pick up a packet of pads and tampons and donate them. It's a really easy way to help. Yeah, and you've been doing an amazing job. Hi, I'm Grace. Why is doing something kind and important to make a difference? Yeah, look, I think that whether it's um, walking past somebody and smiling at them or lending a hand when a, a mother's struggling with a trolley and kids, I just think all of those things are just really easy to do to make a difference. And I just, I, I probably reverse the question and say, why wouldn't you help somebody? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think we all become a little bit so fast paced that we don't ever stop to, um, to think about making a difference. And I know that um, gratitude has played a, a big role in, in my life. And every day I try to make somebody else, two people's day a little bit brighter. And sometimes that can be as simple as saying, you know, thanks for helping me and, and recognizing somebody or, you know, you know, on the other extreme, taking a trolley back for somebody who's, you know, a pensioner who's trying to, is dealing with their, with their groceries. So, I don't know, I just think we can all make a difference and it can't all be gradual, but it can also just be the simple things that make a real difference to somebody. Which probably leads into our next uh, question from Eden. Hi Rochelle, this is Eden. How can we make a difference every day? We're just kids. Yeah, clean up your room, Eden. (laughs) (laughs) Start with that. (laughs) Um, You know what? It's simply being kind. If you practice kindness, every day to different people, then that's making a difference. You know, we don't always have great days, but you can always show kindness to to other people. And, you know, like I said, I started about two years ago making sure that every day I said thank you or kind words to two people every day. And you know what? It might be really nice to them, but, oh, my God, it's changed my life. I love it. Hey, Rochelle, Jack again. So at the end of every interview, we ask a random question. And that random question is, if you could make one change in the world, what would it be and why? Oh, big question. What would it be? If I could make one change, I would make it that everybody had somewhere safe to live. Um, I think, you know, I don't think there's any more I can add to that. I just wish that what we have somewhere and feel like we belong is really important and that would be the one thing that I would change for everybody. So I just wanted to ask you, you've obviously shared a little bit about what Share the Dignity does, but I did want to ask you if you could just talk briefly on period poverty in Australia and teenage girls and homelessness because it's something that I, I think still surprises a lot of people. Hmm. We have around 20% of Australian kids who live under the poverty line and 20% of those girls in at school who can't afford the very basic of essentials. So their families can't afford sanitary. So they miss out on school. So if a girl is missing out on school two days out of every month, then that has to have such a huge difference in the trajectory of their life. And that's something that we, um, as other Australian mothers, can help make a difference. To be honest, I think that I don't think any of us look at our kids and think that they don't deserve an education and that no girl should ever miss out on an education because they cannot afford the very basic essentials. So to hear stories of young girls living tampons in for days because their family can't afford anymore or not having access or the inability to learn because they're sitting there with such anxiety that they're not actually concentrating on what's in front of them anyway. Um, 
I just think every school should have access to sanitary items in a, in a really dignified way. So it's just one less thing that these girls need to worry about. And you have invented the Dignity vending machine. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the vending machine, um, it was a world first. And it is a vending machine that dispenses a free period pack. So enough for what we deem enough for a day. We've installed those into um, poverty-stricken schools, into domestic violence shelters, into homelessness hubs, um, and into some in some areas into hospitals and into some libraries because we know that that's where um, women who've fled domestic violence are finding refuge um, because there isn't enough housing and there isn't enough services anyway. Um, and you know, I was recently in a um, in a Cairns women's health centre where a woman had come in and she said, "I have been in here four times after fleeing domestic violence, so I was." battered and bruised last Monday and I needed help for, you know, legal help. I needed help for a home. I needed help for my daughter for um, psycho- psychological help, but I needed money. And she said, no, no, I've got my parents. She said, I just didn't think things could get worse. And she said, I was using McDonald's napkins to deal with my period. And then your machine was installed. She said, you just have no idea how different I felt being able to deal with my period in a dignified way because I just couldn't go back up to the staff and ask for more help. So she said, your tampon changed my day. And ultimately, that's what the vending machines do. They just give people their own dignified way to be able to do with their own period. And it's something that, um, unfortunately, many, many of us have, have never really thought about until you, um, I guess, brought more awareness to it. So how can, I know that, you know, we've taken part in Yoga for Dignity before. My daughter last year put together, I think, four or five bags for it's in the bag for um, for young children, what are, what are the other ways that people can get involved in supporting Share the Dignity? Yeah, look, it's in the bag is our Christmas appeal where we ask Australians to put together a bag, a handbag or a backpack. We do a teens bag. We also do a nappy bag. So there is a massive growth in women who have fled domestic violence or experiencing homelessness who have got newborn babies and have nothing Turning it to hospital with nothing is just not an option. And I know as a, as a mother, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, would have not want that for anybody else. So putting together a team bag with essentials in it, like sanitary items, um, soap, deodorant, shampoo, conditioner, toothbrush, toothpaste. They're the things that we say must be in the bag. Then whatever else you put in your bag is relevant to what kind of bag it is. So a team bag, we put things in there like from Tripo that we get on special and earrings that I get from Kmart, perfumes and just different things. Some of these kids have not had Christmas presents for years and whether they're in the foster system or they're, you know, just are experiencing homelessness, there is only 40,000 kids, teenagers who don't have somewhere safe to call home and don't have a, a Christmas gift. So putting together these bags are really important. Um, we do that between 15th of November to the 1st of December where you can just pop your bag into any Bunnings but find out more information on the website. It's a really nice thing to do with your kids as well because we don't have these conversations about what other kids go through or what other people go through. So it is a really nice way to show kindness. Yes, yeah, and that's the perfect way for children. One of the questions the kids ask is, what can we do? We're only kids. I find that these sorts of campaigns are the perfect way for children to actually get involved and gain that understanding as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And to have conversations with your children around somebody not having a home, and there are way too many women and kids living in their cars. You know, I never, I grew up never knowing that that existed. Imagine mm-hmm. a world where we all could have, 
done something 20 years earlier. I'm really kicking myself that I didn't know that these things existed so much earlier. I Actually, hi, Rochelle. I just wanted to ask, because this is going back to what the kids can do to make a difference every day. Now, we generally deal with grade two to sixes. How can parents encourage even younger children to do kind things? What tips would you give for Eden's eight? So let's say a seven and a six-year-old. What tips would you give the parents to encourage their children to start doing kind things early? Write a list of what they think are kind acts that they could do. Do you know what I mean? Like, so writing a list of what are the kind acts that you think that you could do and having the conversation around what is, what is kindness in the first place because it's obviously different for different people. So, you know, for me, if I wanted something from my kids, I'd love to have a handwritten note once a week while I was important to them and thanking them. I mean, motherhood is such tireless work, right? And quite often thankless. So, you know, <laughs> you know, and grandparents, how much of a role do grandparents play or, or teachers? There's so many ways that kids can show kindness through gratitude, really. Well, thank you, Rochelle. Again, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a great rest of your school holidays, hey? Hi, it's Emily. You've been listening to Small Talking Kids. Don't forget to subscribe, like and follow us so you can keep up with all the latest podcasts.